I've really always looked at data as a virtual supply chain. It's a product that you build where you have to have the right type of planning, you have to have the right type of alignment, you have to know what your customer needs, and being able to go ahead and execute that frictionless with high degree quality and repeatability. I mean, that's really, it's a virtual supply chain which you're building. We think of it as a journey, accomplish kind of bite-sized goals, making sure you've got the right view and the single source of truth of your data, getting it all into cloud native centralized repository, and then being able to then build BI dashboards or, or models off of it. But that's not all, you know, a one-shot thing. Like you need to think about it as different steps and then evolution. That was Juan Riojas, the chief data officer for Rackspace, and Nahar Gupta, who leads the data practice, also from Rackspace. These are two individuals who are equally as passionate about data as they are smart about it. And if you haven't been able to tell already, today's conversation is all about data. I'm sure you're already aware that data is absolutely exploding. It's exploding in the amount that exists, the pace that it's being added to, and the tools and technologies to help make sense of it all. Now, what we're going to talk about today are those tools and technologies that we employ both for ourselves as well as how we help our customers through their own data journey. It's a fascinating conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy. So let's jump into it, where you'll first hear from Juan. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. You know, there's really just one thing we can count on right now while everything is going on, and that is that the amount of data is absolutely exploding. It's exploding in the amount that exists out there and the pace that's being added to it, and then the tools and capabilities to make sense of that data. I am joined today by Juan Riojas and Nihar Gupta. Uh, from Rackspace. One, helping look over our internal data environment, setting up an, an awesome data, the data office at Rackspace. And then Nahar, who, while focused on data, is more thinking about it from the context of what services and capabilities and solutions do we bring to our customers. So two different views. We're going to talk about what we can do for customers, but more specifically, even digging into a use case of what we've done internally. So Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Let's get some introductions. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now and then also what what brought you to Rackspace. How did you, you know, learn what you do and uh, and where did you do it before? So uh, Juan, let's go to you. I tell you, I am probably one of the biggest fans of data. I geek out over this all the time. Since 2007, from the very first time I actually read Freakonomics to now, I've grown passionately about it. I feel very adamant about entire data strategy. And hence the reason I brought, I took the opportunity with Rackspace. I mean, it's a great company, tons of history. And like everybody else, they had some challenges on data. Now we are able to go ahead and really use and leverage power to drive the monetization internally and really scope out my charter, which is elevating data as an enterprise asset, uh, while at the same time, um, accelerating time to value and time to insight. Prior to come over here, I used to work at Informatica. So I was doing a very similar role. I led up their inaugural data office and helped set up the structure that was in place. And over the past uh, over the past decade, I've been doing this with several companies such as Dell, Accenture, GoGo, and now I'm at, I'm playing with some pretty cool kids here at Rackspace. 
Yeah. And a little bit of a data challenge to get to play with. Of course. Uh, awesome. <laughs> All right. Hey, glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of this. And now let's turn it over to Nahar. Nahar, tell us who you are. What do you do here? Sounds good. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk to you about data. I too like to geek out on data, maybe not at the one level, but I certainly aspire. But I, you know, I've been working on on data and focus on data for about six years uh, now, and I'm a seven year racker. But essentially, all that time, you know, for most of the time, I've been focused on you know the object rocket business and. I uh, started at Rackspace. Prior to that, I was uh, in consulting for several years and uh, joined Rackspace because I was so excited about what Rackspace um, was trying to do. And then we acquired Object Rocket and I quickly joined that team to help really grow and expand the capabilities and build out the the overall data strategy and have been part of that team um, since until I took over data solutions very recently. And so now I oversee sort of all of our data products uh, or solutions across Rackspace. And so everything from database management um, with Object Rocket to DBA services to uh, analytics and AIML with our data modernization and transformation offerings. We're essentially, you know, we're trying to take those services to our customers and help them modernize their data platform, help them, you know, achieve uh, all, all the, the great things that one is helping us achieve from an uh, analytics and AIML standpoint. Excellent. So, so Nahar, when you were, when you came to Rackspace, what was your first job here? So my first job here was actually uh, chief of staff for one of our, our previous leaders. And so my, my uh, last consulting engagement was with Rackspace. And ah, that's where I nice. really got a, a good sense for what Rackspace was doing. And I got to see the inner workings. And I love the team that um, I, was, I was working with. And, and that's when I, I jumped ship and, and wanted to be part of the mission. So Juan read Freakonomics and saw the, the data light, if you will. So you were, you know, you were doing all things, you know, chief of staff means basically you do the job, but don't, but, you know, make sure everybody commits and follows through with everything that they said they were going to do in all the meetings. And now you're leading a team from a data perspective. You were deep in the object rocket team. What, what caused you to go down the, the data road? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the work I was doing, even from a chief of staff position, it was thankfully the, the way that my boss at the time, the way he wanted to operate was he wanted us to focus more and because he was head of head of strategy and corporate development, he wanted to focus more on strategic initiatives. And so mm-hmm. one of those initiatives was building out our data strategy. And so a lot of my focus was actually meeting with different stakeholders and understanding where our capabilities were. And that's when I got really kind of, you know, ingrained with Object Rocket because really a lot of our data capabilities were were within that, you know, within that team. And we, we look, we had a, a great MySQL offering and, and a number of other kind of siloed offerings, but the things that the Object Rocket team was doing with NoSQL databases and the growth that they were seeing and the way that they were solving those challenges for customers was amazing. And so just looking at the logo roster, companies like Matt My Fitness, companies like uh, Braze, where we help them with customer engagement. Think about like, you know, we actually all use um, Braze, whether we know it or not, because Braze powers a lot of the in-app notifications or push notifications that people get when they're, say, ordering pizza from Domino's or ordering flowers from 1-800-Flowers, which hopefully everybody here did for, for Mother's Day. Um, hmm. And so the point is, like, they enable a lot of really amazing things with data. And so that's where kind of that passion started to evolve around, wow, what else can we do for customers with data? 
Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So when a, when a company decides to take data seriously, they've all managed and dealt with data forever, you know, database here and an application there that stores information. But at some point, a company says, you know what, we've got this, these buckets full of data all around the company and there's value there. They finally get to a point, some, some watershed moment happens and they realize there's value there. But you're, you stand there at the precipice of all of this structured and unstructured data and have to start to peel that apart. And one, you've done that, you know, at a couple of other companies, you've come to Rackspace and you've already made a, an incredibly significant impact. But how do you start? How does a company go from the point of realization, I'm ready to invest? How do you start to make sense of all of that and get the masses of people kind of bought into that vision? Well, I think it actually starts with just acknowledgement. Like, I have a problem. You know, <laughs> and being able to go ahead and really think of data as that asset for the company, that asset. I mean, right now you talked about customer experience. You talked about uh, just the amount of pervasiveness on data. It's really about the personalization. So if you are really serious about how do I keep on improving the customer experience? How do I keep on making my operation more efficient? You really want to think about what is my North Star? What is my end goal? Mm. And as long as the the leadership team is bought into that journey, that journey being we really want to elevate ourselves to data as a strategic asset and not a liability, and we want to be insight rich and we want to be an insight rich company, not data rich company. Right. Then I think that that transition it starts with that alignment at the executive level, and it's not about trying to go and do this massive multi year transformation. Right. It's starting with the basics. Like, what is it that you need to actually go run the business? And so, and so go choose I, go choose the basics of if I could give you one metric or two metrics reliably, consistently, and every day. What would those two things right. be? And then build on that as as a success. Yeah, like for example, if you're a subscription based company, churn would probably be at the forefront of it. And then if you if you want to look at customer experience, well, NPS or CSAT. So making sure that we get those two really right. Those are detrimental for two reasons. One is making sure your customers are happy and making sure that you are profitable as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While at the same time, still delivering value. So as long as you can go and start small and you really don't have to start anything big saying, these are my golden sources of data. It's not just at the source level, but even at the tables. And this is how I can go do it. I'm going to focus all my energy on not even talking about team, just getting the two, one or two, three things right and then you can build off of that. Early That's momentum super. is absolutely key. Yeah. So so that makes me wonder then, Nar, as we think about what, what Juan has done, he found it, you know, acknowledge we have a problem, data matters. And then, you know, what what does an ultimate goal look like? And then what's a couple of things to solve for? So when you have been thinking about, you know, how do we structure that from an offering perspective to to customers, you know, how do you lead customers down that road? Yeah, no, it's, I, I think the way that Juan is, is thinking about it and, and talking about it, I think makes complete sense. And, and that's kind of, that's how we think about it and align our offering kind of to that same methodology. You know, it's not meant to be this multi-year transformation or this daunting task that, you know, I don't even know where to start. You know, I can't do this right now. I've got priorities X, Y, and Z that are ahead of this and I can't afford to go spend this much money or go invest this much time um, on it. But that's not the right way to kind of think about it. We think of it as a journey, right? And that journey is not meant to be, you know, it's not it's not one kind of giant multi-year thing. It is accomplish kind of bite-size, you know, sort of goals 
cobble those together. And that's when you really see kind of the compounding returns, right? So, you know, just like you can't use crude oil, you know, coming come right, right out of the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the ground and put it into a car, like there's a process, right? There's a process of transporting it, of refining it. And so I think a lot of, you know, what Juan has been talking about, it's making sure you've got the right view and the single source of truth of your data. Like that is sort of one of the initial steps, getting it all into sort of a a cloud native centralized repository, and then being able to then build, you know, BI dashboards or or models off of it. But that's not all, you know, a one-shot thing. Like you need to think about it as different steps in an evolution. And so that's the way that we try to frame it. And we want to help the customer think of it that way. And like, here's how we break down this project into like smaller pieces. Right. It was interesting to, to actually talk to that, Nihari, because you talked about the different, the multiple different pieces. And I've really always looked at data as a virtual supply chain. It's a product that you build where you have to have the right type of planning. You have to have the right type of alignment. You have to know what your customer needs and being able to go ahead and execute that frictionless with high degree quality and repeatability. I mean, that's really, it's a virtual supply chain, which you're building. And as this, any supply chain, you know, the quality as it goes from point A to point B to point C and so forth is, is incredibly important because you're going to ultimately be making what could be some of the most important decisions as a company based on that data. Precisely. So how do you do that? Because you have to do that right now. <laughs> we have to do it right now. But that's where, that's where I think it starts off with making sure that the people can see the value early mm. on and yeah. say, look, we can go do this. It doesn't have to be a daunting project, but there's value. We can go and continue to harmonize that we can continue to go ahead and enable our information to make decisions. So as long as you can show value early on, then you can plan what your North Star is going to be and saying, I really want to take advantage of the scale, the scalability and of all the analytical features that the cloud offers. Nahar, you had a point there. Yeah, you know, I think it's a good question. And so the way that, you know, the front end of that journey, and I kind of I skipped over it and went straight into sort of data integration and single source of truth. But really, you know, identifying what the right kind of use case is, what the first target use case is, is critical. And I think that's sort of where, you know, where, where Juan was, was heading. And so we do that with our assessment and strategy, you know, service blocks around professional services. We'll sit down with the customer, we'll do a workshop, maybe a one or two day workshop, and we'll talk through kind of what are the key challenges that you guys are facing? What are the things that we need to try to solve for now? You know, what is the prioritized list of, of, you know, of those challenges? And here's what we see in your industry for how you would solve this type of problem. Here's what we've done for other clients, you know, and, and really just ideate on where do we start first to get traction quickly, show the value of the, that first use case. And then that's when you start to really get that snowball effect and that momentum. Right. Right. And to take it back then, Juan, to your use case. So I, I love this this dichotomy. So we've got we've got Nahar who's telling us how he does it at mass for the rest of the world, and and then Juan who we can we pick apart the rack space example as much as possible. So so you you choose the North Star, you figure out something small to go work on, you you show value in that, uh, you build a supply chain that has quality baked into it, you have a governance process around that so that it stays that way. Um, at some point, you got to start to commit to some tooling, whether that's underlying cloud environments, whether that is uh, the BI interface or, or other aspects. As much as you can share specific to the Rackspace environment, how did you go through that process? What did you choose? What was the outcome? So the majority of our data was on an on-prem environment. So we were on SQL Server, we had Hadoop, uh, but it was all on-prem. 
So we actually leveraged our what Rexpeace does, and that's used our professional services team and our data services team to understand what, it, what is the right solution for what we need in the future. And we and we looked at three different scenarios. One is on innovation and novelty. Do we want to stream and make this real time? That was one. Then do we have a need for that? Secondly, yeah. on ease of implementation. Do I need all the bells and whistles or do I need something just quick that I can go and easily implement? Right. And third, on um, looking at even on a multi-cloud strategy, are there different components that we need that we can blend together for future um, scalability? We actually went with ease of implementation because mm. we're going from on-premise to the cloud. We don't have the experience, at least internally within our team. So we chose the easiest path of resistance on a platform that was very adaptable and fairly easy to go ahead and ramp up and learn on. Okay. Got it. And so when you went into that process, what was the thought on how long all of this was going to take? Um, well, history kind of dictates the future. And I've done this yeah. in, uh, in, other co- in, other, in other companies. And I've been fairly aggressive in doing this within four or six months, doing wow. a full transformation. Um, so it, all, it requires, one, the buy-in. And mm-hmm. for us, it was when we started looking at the architecture, and that was my second week on the job. We already started looking wow. at the current state. We started assessing it. We started looking at what we needed for the future. And we said, we need the organization to actually support us. So then we actually started building the team. And the team is actually the one that chose where they all belonged. So they're right. the ones that actually, I built the construct and they all chose where they need to go to be so we could actually go enable it. I think in a month, we got everybody trained up on Agile, got everybody trained up on the cloud, got trained up on coding, and we were off building. Jeff, you're pointing out that you know the dichotomy here between one's one story and and uh, how we do this externally. I mean, the great thing it is interesting. The great thing is like that the way that one is has positioned it internally, and the way that that team has built this out. I mean, it is it's exactly the right you know way in the the way that we do it externally as well. And the the cool thing is, you know, I've had a chance now to kind of you know go on onto the dashboards and understand kind of see what data is in there, and you know, being able to see all of that in one place holistically, I think is, is, is part one, right? So now we can see sort of, you know, churn predictions and NPS type um, use cases um, in one place with a lot of granularity and, and very straightforwardly. But part now that that's all there, you know, one, how easy is it for you to augment that data with an additional data set or an additional data source? Like pretty straightforward, right? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier. Just being able to go and harmonize all the information in one place, it just creates scale. And it mm. creates repeatability. So if I look at my time for delivery and it, when I get a new request and there's a new source that needs to be ingested, it could be from the time that I get the request to I fully QA'd and it's sort of being consumed, it can be a week, it can be two weeks versus months that it was right. before. That is a huge difference. And that's just kind of the scalability that you have in the cloud. It's, it's, been, it's definitely been a game changer for us where our time to insight Eight months ago, we weren't using predictive analytics to make decisions. And now we're using that as a fabric in our operations. The point there is now additional data sources can be added very straightforwardly, as Juan mentioned. And so think about all the additional use cases now that can be solved for. Um, now that all that data is in one place, there's you know, a number of additional machine learning you know, models and, and use cases that, you know, that that team can build out. It, and that's where I mentioned kind of that snowball effect. Like they've already gotten the found, you know, the, the foundation exists now. And so at this point, it's all incremental value. And this is where, you know, you really start to see 
enterprises get a, you know, a ton of value out of machine learning. But the people, I was just saying that people talk about the monetization journey and people typically normally relate this to externally, but we don't realize by applying the machine learning, just using it internally, that monetization journey is already beginning because you're generating more leads. You're helping, you're helping retain more customers. You're creating a better experience. Well, and what that does, and I think that this is this is really where I was sort of driving this last 20 minutes of the conversation, and that is we go from this to your words, you know, one, we realize we have a problem, and that problem is we have piles of data, and we're getting no value from it other than we're getting no value from it. We'll just leave it at that. And we choose a North Star. We set, start heading down a road. We, we create an architecture. We choose a sets of technology to make it happen. We have some simple use cases where we start to get data. And then all of a sudden, what became what started as a science project with you and a relatively small team, all of a sudden made the nebulous data very personable to literally hundreds of people inside of this company, where now they can they can take these these streams of data again, a very heady kind of a conversation, a stream of data, but now they can look at it in the context once it once it goes through the models that you've built and be able to <clears throat> specifically in this case, what customers really based on on that on that set of data may not be happy, which ones are very happy. Which ones have a propensity to need this next service that we might have? All of a sudden, that data gets super personable to the people who work inside of Rackspace. And there's thousands of us and how they actually use that data. And what I think then gets super excited is you set this stage of them being able to make the data personable. And then the magic happens. And that is they ask a question based on that data. And it allows you to go find more data. No, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned the questions. That's actually the, the biggest challenge of concern. Once you, you make the data consumable for the end user, you show them how it's, how it's used, you show the value that's in there, there's a different level of questioning that happens. It's, yeah. not, at the, it's not at that first level. It's multi, multi-level grains down, which is great because it's creating more work for us, but it's work that I know has a great end state benefit. At the end, because people are asking more intelligent questions and they're trying to get into better touch and relationship with their customer. It's not just qualitative, it's, on a, it's also quantitative, mm. where you can use empirical evidence that suggests there's a goodness or there's a problem, there's an opportunity, and work with, your, work with the business internally and with your customer. And I think that's a fantastic journey. And that's why I really focus on not just the modernization aspect of it, but also the change management. I mean, it's, it's great that once you begin catalyzing that effort, um, that snowball effect really amplifies and amplifies at a factor of 10. We've in a period of 30 days, I can tell you that we've probably grown 3x in terms of our demand that we've had internally <laughs> just by people using this, using, using the power of, of this information. Right. So you actually, what you've done is you have put knowledge you put information in the hands of people who know that specific aspect of the business extraordinarily well. And now they can take and digest that. And then it runs through the, the business rules of their mind. Because that's how you get to that, like you said, that third and fourth level of questioning. Yeah. And, you know, just to add to that, I think, you know, having in, in and look, I've had a, a sneak peek at the, uh, at, at the amazing roadmap that, you know, Juan and team have. And so I know what they're doing next, but it's exactly like the, the kind of playbook that we would operate for a customer. 
they are building essentially a 360 view of, of our customers, right? And so they pulled in right. a lot of the data around, for instance, NPS and in churn prediction. But, you know, having a full view of the customer um, and understanding beyond that, also the data points around, you know, Salesforce data or, you know, social data or whatever those additional data points are, but all of them in one place that tell a whole picture about what the customer is doing um, with your products or what they might be you know, wanting to do in the future. Getting to that point, once you have that view, then you can start to think about, okay, here are all the other types of questions I would want to ask um, or you know, the, other, the other things that I want to know about my customer. You know, can we build a, a, a model to predict you know, what, what is the likelihood that this customer is going to you know, continue to grow for the next 12 months, for instance? Well, if you have the right data inputs, then you can quickly determine that. So that I think that 360 view of the customer, that's really big right now, really important, you know, not just internally, but, you know, Jeff, you've heard me talk about this. You think about where we are in from an economic standpoint, like having that view of how your customers are behaving is so critical right now, just given all the challenges and, and retaining your customers, keeping them happy is so critical in light of all the challenges that we're seeing in, in, in the market overall. 100%. I totally agree. And Nihar, I mean, if I look at just our customers in general and, and in any market, everybody right now is competing on customer experience and less on the novelty aspect. How can mm. you help me as a solution? And I think that's where really, we really are positioning ourselves, how we can actually help enable that solution and that level of questioning on, well, this is a problem I'm looking to solve. How do we actually go solve it is becoming more pervasive as we keep on adding new fields, adding more insights. So the next, well, the last piece I really want to cover on that is now that your your customers, one, are starting to ask those those third and fourth level questions, how do you start to prioritize what's the next thing you pick up off the pile? Because you, your, your demand, you're creating a great problem. How do you start to work through that? You know, that that aspect is, I would say, organizational and process. One is we talked about how we want to go and modernize your stack, how we went about our journey to look, choose a technology, ramp up our team, and start leveraging the power of data. The one aspect that we didn't talk about is organizationally. What do you need as a foundation to go and build that house? To prioritize the work, we actually stood up what we consider a product function, which functions as business partners and planning. So we've created an entire portfolio, which should, should always be tied to data strategy. If I'm looking to go and enable these kind of insights and improve my EBITDA or whatever, we should be we should have a, a pipeline, a roadmap that's going to guide us there. That roadmap, um, we have what our costs are, our cost per person. We can quantify tangible impacts, and what you're creating now is a product-driven discussion with the business units at the executive level and at the business partner level to say we have ten thousand hours of capacity on a given quarter. We have 40 projects that are all competing for the same priority, but they have different uses. One's improving customer experience, one's on optimization, another one's for cost. And this is what we present to the executive team. How should we go and prioritize based on the business needs right now and in the future? And we are having those discussions now. If you don't have that type of portfolio, that roadmap, and that that business stakeholder alignment, then often what happens is just... I would say a poor experience internally and frustrations. So yeah. it's going to be key to make sure that you actually set up that type of portfolio for the future. So a pragmatic people and process way about approaching it. 
simple. It's a simple. That's a lot of peas. Just to be clear, I mean, you know, if you if you get an ask for me, you're going to prioritize that, right? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Once you take it to the executive team, gentlemen, this has been fascinating, uh, and I think a very well grounded conversation around. How do you take those first steps? What are the, the outcomes of them and where can you get to? If it's all right with you, I'd love to have you back here in the next few weeks to, to take this onto the next level of the conversation. This has been fascinating. I'd love to. Okay. This is great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, no, this is great. I, I love the conversation. Happy to do it again. Ah, fantastic. I'd love to dig deeper into tooling. I'd love to talk about more specific results. I'd love to talk about how you're streaming the amount of data that's coming from, from Rackspace out into your tools of choice. There's a lot of open ends there, and I think we could fill many hours of conversation. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of Cloud Talks today. My name is Jeff Deverter. I'm the CTO of our solutions team here at Rackspace, and thanks for listening. It's a great conversation. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. So data must be viewed as a product tied to strategy with a roadmap to create business-driven outcomes all powered by data. Amazing work those two gentlemen are doing. Now, before you tune out, stick around for a preview of our next episode, which I'm particularly excited about. But first, I recently wrote an article about how technology and technology services will emerge stronger after the societal and economic effects of COVID-19. This article is posted over on solve.rackspace.com and represents just some of the original and syndicated content that you'll find on that site. In fact, this podcast is another example of the types of content you'll find over there. So head on over to solve.rackspace.com. That's S-O-L-V-E.rackspace.com. There's new content there every week. And if you want to be notified about that new content, you'll find links to the Twitter and LinkedIn accounts, as well as an RSS feed. Now let's check out what we have in store for you for our next episode. This is actually the second time in my life I've experienced a pandemic. Really? I actually lived in Asia right during the uh, H1N1 pandemic. I actually contracted H1N1. So I contracted the disease. Wasn't the most fun I've ever had, but uh, <laughs> you know, I got over it in a week. It was not a big deal for me. But what I did actually learn a lot was how pandemics move across geographies and the effects of quarantining. Never ever thought I would use that knowledge again. I thought that was just, you know, one of those experiences. But yeah, like you said, fast forward 10 years later, I'm at Rackspace, January, actually December, we started to see reports of COVID-19 in China. Yeah. We immediately jumped on this at Rackspace, right? My okay. antenna was up already. I was very concerned. And so, you know, we actually started work from home testing in different locations around Rackspace, around the world. We actually started that in January. And that was an excerpt from my recent interview with Rackspace CEO, Kevin Jones. Make sure that you've subscribed to Cloud Talk to ensure you don't miss any episodes, but especially this one. This has been Cloud Talk.